Hey guys, welcome to the Young Minds Podcast. We start off this episode by talking about how much fluffier Frank is than me because he's at 15.3% body fat and I'm at 14.1% body fat. So that's a great conversation. Um, Justin is lucky he's across the table right now. <laughs> then uh, <laughs> shove this third mic up his ass. <laughs> so, oh man. So we actually discuss also um, this movie called, documentary called Free Solo, where it gave me anxiety for the first time in my life. Because of how sketchy it was for this guy to climb this mountain. Anyways, great, great documentary. You're going to want to watch that. Um, Frank is also off of uh, all stimulants right now. Super sober as fuck. Yeah, so no caffeine, no marijuana, no kratom, no tree of life, nothing for a week straight. So Nothing, nothing that will alter my brain. Yeah. So we discussed that and, you know, the benefits, benefits side effects, benefits. things that's happening. How was day one? All those good stuff. For all my pot smoking homies out there, I'm sorry to <laughs> tell you. I believe me. I am a pothead at heart. I love my uh, my Mary J, but damn, you need a break. You need a break. We'll, we'll, we'll I see. Let yeah. them listen to it. Let yeah. them listen to it. Um, I also have some good news that I discussed in the beginning, which is pretty cool. You know, mm, you're looking yeah. at me blank. Who are you? you forgot. No, no. I'm like, who are you now? Oh, You're well, different. I don't know. We'll find you out. You look different. And then the main topic of this episode is about personal training. So what makes a good trainer? Uh, what are things we see that bad trainers do? How do we approach uh, personal training? Why we don't really like the title as a personal trainer? Yeah, we go beyond the barbell. Yeah. Oh, hello. Anyways. That might be the title. Enjoy. The- <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> enjoy. And we're brought to you by Neuros and Honor Young Minds at checkout for 10 to 15% off. All right, guys. You have a great day. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. Hey Frank, what exactly does it mean to be growth-minded? Well, Justin, I'm glad you asked. It's a state of mind where you realize you don't know everything, but are open and willing to learn more in order to achieve more. And how does one know where to learn these things? What if it's false information? Well, bud, that's why you listen to the Young Minds Podcast, where they tackle the most up-to-date and relevant topics with unfiltered discussion aimed at optimizing this video game that we call life. Wow, I'm excited. I think I'm going to go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple, iTunes, and Facebook. <laughs> I don't want to shit on it and ruin it. I was like, maybe we could add something at the end. Oh, I don't, I don't. Yeah, working well. Yeah. Um, Just out of curiosity, I don't know. I was just thinking about this before. Do you know your body fat percentage? Fuck you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God damn it. Immediately. Yes, Justin. I had to open with it. No, it's what funny. It? Okay, so it – all right. On that pot, on the thing, fifteen point three. Fifteen point three. Yeah, that's funny. I did mine earlier. Yeah. it was uh, a fourteen point one. That's cute, dude. Percent body that's really fat. Really cute. I'm more really shredded cute. than you. <laughs> What's your squat? My squat. Yeah. Uh, down up. <laughs> okay, that's the direction. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. Re- so I went to Lifetime and they did like the hold your ha- the the thumbs down and electro hold your bare feet magnetic yeah, thing. It's electro, just like that. R- the PlayStation Handheld. controller yeah, that yeah, we yeah. just used. Um, and I was 7.7 in November. late November. Um, and I added to my strength regiment, so I added a lot of calories. A and lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, so I went from 210 pounds, I think it was, to now 216, 217. Jeez. So it's seven pounds. I want to see what that is. I mean, is you look chunky. When we're shri- Fuck I'm all <laughs> of you, dude. Because <laughs> you're 15.3. You know? I know, 15.3. I'm 14.1. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I actually, I bet you um, great. this summer, I think we, you and I both want to get just to see how shredded we can get. Yeah. Just because I want to put on, I'm putting on as much muscle as I possibly can now. Just yeah. scientific experiment. Like I want to see how this works. No, that's exactly like, what it add is. Add the carbs, add the protein, and then kind of pull back on the fat. See how that works for me. See performance wise. I mean, I'm seeing it in my numbers. I'm seeing my bench, my squat, my deadlift. All those are my markers. And then on top of that, just stability in general. I mean, I can easily assume that right now you and I both, our performance is through the roof. But then once we switch this summer, like, are you thinking after May, 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 middle May, whatever it is from today. So today is the 26th 26th of February. So May 26th is when I'm going to be switching to okay. an aesthetic program. Okay. Uh, Me so too. I'm doing I'm doing a strong program now. So I'm using these calories to my advantage. And then I'm going to stick to about 4,000 calories. I was at 4,200 calories really before. Do you really though? Because that's so hard to do. I But I do. Like yeah. me at 3,300, I'm like. So I started cool. doing this new thing in the morning and I, it might be a big reason why I'm so fluffy. Is it the shake? Um, so I'm doing a shake in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm doing a, a grass-fed whey protein from Onnit, doing creatine. So this way I'm just waking up with that. 
um, that I'm doing blueberries, uh, blueberries, blackberries, a strawberry, a pineapple, like a little piece just to give it that flavor, and then a half of a beet. And then I'm also doing uh, half of an avocado and blending that shit up with ice and cocoa, uh, cacao nibs, quinoa, and there's one Jesus, more thing. Jesus, that's, uh, that's a shake, And dude. coconut, yeah. So that's, that's hefty. Like, it's like 700 calories. And so that's, that well, that's 700 calories would be the, the, the difference between my 3,300 and your 4,000. Exactly. So I just put that down and by the time I get here, I'm like, okay, let's go have my, I'll have my six yeah. eggs, you know, right. beef and all that shit, all my cholesterol then comes in after that so now i'm looking at like two thousand calories by 12 o'clock yeah because when when you hit that high of a number you have to plan it you Mm. can't just let yourself naturally eat you won't have anywhere near four thousand it's hard if you do it's usually shitty calories because i was talking of course you could easily go to mcdonald's and eat yeah because i was talking to jen last night right so she's on her olympic uh lift training program and her performance is dictated on how much she eats and i can tell like she's getting thinner like she's she's actually losing weight like she's getting like shredded really yeah i mean relative to what she was before but when we first met she wasn't really working out that hard she was doing school but now she's hardcore into what she's doing so she's using every calorie to its fullest now she has to eat more she's busy it's funny because we were talking jen and i were talking about this last night Mm -hmm. and she was trying to do 10 sets of 10 squats yeah so 100 total squats at 60 percent of her one rep yeah, and which learning. is doable. It's like you know you got to take your rest, but she was saying how tired she is because she only had eight hundred calories throughout the day. Yeah, and I was just like eight hundred. You're trying to Olympic lift right now with eight hundred. She's like, I know, I know. Yeah, so it's like she she had before. She was like, oh, I need peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Just get the carbs in and just get like an like that influx of calories, and then she would have her like chicken, broccoli, vegetables, and like brown rice in between each, uh, each of those peanut butter and jellies. So it was just like <laughs> shitty food, bland, but just shitty to get food, calories. Bland. So like it wasn't healthy at all. No fiber, nothing. Right. So now I was like, look, we'll work with like instead of having you could have a peanut butter and jelly, but you could have Ezekiel toast. So it's not white flour and then you're getting fiber and protein. Then you could have regular peanut butter with the healthy oils. You don't have to get skippy and then just have banana with honey or blueberries and honey inside. And it's basically a better. That sounds delicious. Right. It's it's a better uh, PB&J. But uh, anyway. So in order to get those calories, you usually have to eat shitty. So for me, I wanted to blend up, you know, five to 800 calories and have that in a healthy, natural. Definitely dense. Yeah. And then on top of that, I mean, uh, you know, it's hard to get that in whole foods and then have that that you got to heat it up and just eat it throughout the day. It's like if you want steak, like for me, a high calorie red meat with creatine, natural creatine would be steak or like beef. When you reheat it, it usually tastes like shit. I like eating it fresh. No, I don't mind. I That's always eat it fresh, but I don't mind it at all. That's why I brought the pesto. I brought pesto to the studio because now it's like it could be like drier steak. Because when I usually make a steak, it's juicy. It's flowing with like melted butter. Of course, and then you pour the butter the on top sear. of the steak once oh, it's dude. in the plate. Oh, it's so good. And like you can't go from that to then just like, oh, I pre-plated it. Now it's cold in my fridge and now I'm yeah. reheating it in the microwave. So now I put the pesto on top of it. So now we're adding even more calories. So I'm definitely overdoing it, but I like it. Well, and my performance <laughs> is going up. Fuck 15.3, you, bro. <laughs> People here, people listening are probably like know that they're more than fifteen point three, and you're getting tr- they're triggered now. But you're not actually fifteen point three. I'm not. It's probably honestly the no bullshit. Maybe eleven. Yeah, eleven point five. Right the now. thing you used is very off. Yeah, it's always been off. Yeah. When I was when I was seven point seven, I was still twelve on there. Yeah, like no, around exactly. that time because I remember using it here. But um, regardless, but I think it's in good the gauge. summer, uh, performance wise, we are going to be very depleted. One hundred percent. Yeah, there's yeah. no. I don't plan on staying like that for a while. Staying like what? Staying like super sh- like seven percent. It's not good. It's not. No, I wouldn't. I don't even want to. You can't function. Right. Take a like, couple photos and, and that's it. Call it a day. Uh, of course you. You know? put it in Lightroom and do all that shit. Oh, that you dude. Did, you know? And then advertise. Add it. in an ab on the side. <laughs> like twelve <laughs> abs. No, but honestly though, like let's let's get down to what we're doing. Uh, big news. You have some big news in your life. Oh me. So let's talk about that. Oh well, yeah. You. Um. Well, tell the people what's new in Justin Romano's life. Well, this is the first time since I was 16 years old or 15, probably 15, actually. The first time I officially that a girl touched your penis. Oh, dude, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I was so scared. <laughs> no, it's the first time since I was 15 that I do not officially have a boss, a job, anyone to tell me what to do seven days a week. 365 days of the fucking year bro it's the best feeling in the world it's It's so liberating 
Dude, do you know? Oh, can I, <laughs> I think I told you, or maybe I didn't tell you what I did the first what? Sunday where I didn't have work. Just beat off at like eight times. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just on your couch. No, naked. no, no. So I've always worked as a server, right? So weekends, my weekends are during the weekday, right? So I've never had weekends off. Like Saturday, Sunday, it's the busiest day at a restaurant. So now the past couple months, because of this podcast, I've only been working weekends. So I've still yet to have a weekend free to myself since I don't even remember how long, five years, something like that. So now this weekend, today's Tuesday. So this past Sunday was my first Sunday where it was like a real Sunday. And I took advantage of it so hard. I watched 12 episodes on Netflix, 12. They were 50 minute episodes. I watched 12. The only movement I did was from the kitchen to the couch. And I was so happy. That added I was like, like this is 1% body fat. Dude, <laughs> you were 12. Well, hey, I'm still 14.1 and you're 15.3. So, I did. but no, I was so happy to just sit and do nothing. And I was laughing at myself. I was alone, all alone. But it's nice though. When you do like when that's your Sunday all the time or that's your Saturday and your Sunday, then it's, it's like demeaning. And you're yes. Like, if it's every weekend and you actually have nothing to do, then it's like, it would get to my head at least. Some yeah. people, it doesn't bother them. But for me, I would freak out. Yeah, some people nothing. slide into the weekend like, oh, man, I yeah, hate it. But no, oh, I took advantage of the first Sunday. At all. And granted, no one was around too. Like you weren't around. Caitlin was around. Yeah. Literally, family members weren't around. So I was like, okay, I am just, bro, 12 episodes. Of what? How to Get Away with Murder. Great show. How to Get Away with Murder. You're, you're plotting something? I mean, I'm learning. <laughs> that's for sure. Are they real stories? No, it's a, it's a fiction. It's nonfiction. What's, what's fake? Fiction is fake. Fiction. So it's fiction. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool. It's um, it's it's ironic because we had a lawyer on, mm-hmm. and I started watching the show two weeks before he came on, uh, Tom Tona. So they depict you follow around lawyers. It's fake, but everything that goes on is real, and you kind of see the backstory of how lawyers work and the shit they do. And mm-hmm. so that's why when he came on, I was like, "You sneaky motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> I bet you I know what you're like doing. <laughs> yeah, I know what you guys do. But that's no, funny. I'm I'm officially job free and um. It's not like this overwhelming sensation that I thought it was going to be. Well, yours wasn't really. You pulled away very slowly. That's exactly what I was going to say. It was incremental. Yeah. And because of that, in the past, I always told myself like, oh, my God, when I have no job and I finally work for myself, I'm going to be able to do this and that. And I'm going to be so free. And yes, I am free. But like you just said, it was such an incremental process that it's not this overwhelming feeling. And I do have things taking up my time now, but I love, I love all this stuff. Yeah. So no, it was crazy. I walk in today and I'm like, wait, the lights are off, but the lights, the candles, <laughs> the, uh, the salt, salt rocks, rocks are on. And then like the, the luminescent, what the fuck this thing is? This LED is lights, LED no, lights. It's like a uh, fiber optic. They look like, you know, like those strings of fiber optic. Well, it's literally LED lights. Whatever. They're little LEDs, but it looks like fiber optics. Um, so I walk in and I'm like, what is this? And then I just hear that I, the TV look, it was still, it was just a picture. Cause I guess in the movie, it was just the, they were looking at one of the mountain ranges and I open the door and I hear the volume and I see you two just laying on the couch. I'm like, Whoa, this is where I work. Like, this yeah. is what I do. <laughs> and you guys are watching free solo, dude, dude, bro, dude, bro. I am <laughs> homie. One of the best, I think, but Let me, me personally, my favorite movie I've this. ever watched. I don't have anxiety ever. Yeah. I don't have anxiety. Literally. I'm just good for some reason. Right. The way I train the CBD, whatever it is, I, I know this guy is alive because I was just on his Instagram before I watched the documentary, but watching him climb gave me anxiety. I was twitching in the couch and cracking up laughing. I felt the knot in my stomach and I knew he didn't die when he made this climb, but it was freaking me out. It is so well done. It is such a beyond like an overachievement for humankind to do that. It's okay. So basically in 2017, Alex, um, how do you say his last name? Honald. Honald. Alex Honald free climbed um, 3,200 feet, uh, El Cap. El Capitan. In, uh, El Capitan in Yosemite. Yosemite National Park. So it is basically basically a straight wall of 3,200 feet, straight granite. And free climbing means there's no rope. Free soloing. Free climbing means there's a rope. Oh, really? Free solo means that you are by yourself. Okay. Free. So free soloing, my bad, means there's no rope. And sometimes people will do it with no rope but a parachute on their back. So if they fall, they just pop the chute. This guy did it with nothing. Nothing. And it doesn't even sound crazy saying that. It's like, okay, so he climbed up, you know, some rocks with nothing. 
when you watch the eclipse, if you're watching on YouTube right now, this ledge is about a centimeter. And th that's what he was holding on to. He was just like this. Bro, it was climbing friction. The side. It was friction. It wasn't even like a ledge. It at was one just point. A, it was friction. At one point. Because, okay, he he practiced El Cap for like two years, right? Climbed it hundreds of times. He knew it like the back of his hand, where to go and everything. At one point, he's like on a rope looking at the mountain. And he's just like touching and feeling. And it's not even a ledge he's looking for. It's like a texture. He's looking for a texture. He's like, yeah, yeah that'll work. I could put my foot right there and, and jump off that. And I'm like, bro, you are thousands of feet up. You see the camera angles where down is like not even straight down. It's like vertical. You're inverted. You know, yeah. you're climbing upwards with yeah, like nothing. Negative slope. Oh, my God. If you so it's not on Netflix. No, no, no. It's on. I got on, on Apple TV movies. So or just Google it. I'm sure you could torrent it somewhere. Find it free solo. It, it gave me anxiety, but it was incredible. And if you've ever been to Yosemite, like I was, the, this is why I connect so I've much to the been. movie. I've connected the movie in many ways. Like this, this movie really like hit me because Jen and I watched this in IMAX. Ugh, we like, she imagine. was upset. So when we went to Vegas, we started, we were climbing rocks with her father and like <laughs> little, like, little like, boulders. They were nothing. They were pebbles compared to this Literally. thing. But like when we were there, it was just, it engulfs you because it's your safety. Like if you slip, you're going to fall and get hurt. If not die, like it, it's big, maybe not anywhere close to what he was doing but it was still something and it was still you understood what climbing is to a certain extent and especially without ropes so we were talking and uh her father and i were like oh this guy alex honnold like he crushes the the climbing game he is he climbed uh el cap him uh, my hit her father and i both knew like what el cap was and jen didn't know what it was I was like, we'll show you what it is. So when we went back to the house, we showed her the, the trailer, and it was just a very emotionally engaging trailer. No, the trailer. trailer it, even if you can't find the movie, just watch the trailer. The Go on YouTube, enough. watch the trailer. Honestly, the movie is great because then you get to know about him. But and even the trailer, the you trailer. see him slip with yeah. the harness on, and you're just like, it's that easy. It's that, yeah. that easy to fall. But like, so when you try to wrap your head around what he's doing, you really can't until you actually look at the pictures. You have to see it. And then also you have to listen to the commentary of the people who are filming him do this, right? So you have a group of six or seven climbers that are with him who are like, this is our friend. We love him, but we don't want to film our friend doing this because God forbid we're filming this and he falls. We're filming his death and I don't want to be there for it. Like they, the emotions that they, they evoke is, it's scary. And you know what it's, the craziest part is? I never want to be in that position. The craziest part is that the kid Alex has no emotion. So before his climb, um, free soloing, a lot of them die. There's a very high percentage where they die. And uh, only 1% of rock climbers around the whole world do free solo. Like, it's just mm. so dangerous. No one even does it. They're like, fuck that. I'm, you know, it's, it's not worth it. So I think it was like a week before he made the climb. Uh, so one of his friends died in the Alps. They were climbing free soloing yeah. and died. And he like, you see the actual footage of... Because the camera crew's with him at all times. You see the moment he finds out. He's looking up on the computer. And he's just emotionless. And he goes, huh, yeah, that happens. And that's it. So And yeah. he's just like, he brushes it off. And he's just like, but that's. But they did I a brain like, scan of him. They did a brain scan. Yes. And, they were, and they did a, his a amygdala. Scan, and his amygdala does is actually does correctly. not function. Yep. It doesn't function, which is the amygdala is your stress part. It's where you, th you sense threats. It's our natural. Um, sense for danger yeah, yeah. and he does not pick that up at all yeah the, the doctor explained that things that would normally trigger it for normal people doesn't trigger it for him yeah so when he's going up he i don't know if he accept accepts death or doesn't care about it he does i don't think he thinks it through well us thinking about the the how bad it is to die or how negative it is to die like our emotions that we associate i don't he think doesn't that, have that the association fire he's like, yeah death is a thing but, like, I don't care. Yeah. You know, it's not even like, oh, I know death is crazy, but, like, I don't associate death with climbing. It's not that. He just doesn't have that in his, his brain. But they uh, they were talking about his parents. Well, they were interviewing his mom. His mom, yeah. And his father had, like, Asperger's. So, like, there's a very little emotional connection that he has that he's just not capable of having emotional connections, right? So, well, Asperger's, to it's very hard. So, the mother was like, yeah. God forbid I was to uh, kind of suppress this kid's 
ability to climb and say, no, you can't do that. Do not free, free climb. I can't have you out there. You're basically taking away the one thing that this kid lived for. He had no mm-hmm. other way of experiencing joy. He didn't have, he never heard the term love his entire life. Yeah, his he had to learn how to hug at 23, 28 or at 23. He 23. had to learn how to hug. Cause he says in the documentary, he goes, I realized that, you know, people do this thing hugging. And I was like, I guess I have to learn how. And he's like, at first I was very awkward with it. And then he made a joke. He was like, I'm a good hugger now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what also uh, surprised me is that he was so emotionless to everything, even his girlfriend, family life, nothing mattered to him or not even mattered to him. Nothing worked in his brain except for climbing. Uh, nothing shocked. Like what I, but him. what I contribute that to is you ever hear of, of someone who is a genius scientist or a genius engineer, right? Best in the world. They're the best engineer ever, but they don't have like street smarts. They don't know anything else but engineering. And it's almost like well, if, you, if you took like them autism. out, yeah, if you took them out of that engineering world, you'd be like, what, is this guy stupid? Like he doesn't know how to do this or like they're or they have very bad social skills. People who are really, really smart only in their field have really bad social skills. It's because all their energy in their brain is focused for one thing. And you see it in the documentary. You see how this guy interacts with people. He has nothing, no emotion for anything but climbing. And that's why he's the best, some would say, because he's got all his brain power focused on this. Yeah. It's like you wonder, right? Like, what is the better combination? Because you had a lot of people who are so emotionally invested in their surroundings, like the people that they do not have any ambition to do anything. So Mm -hmm. then they find themselves in financial problems. They find themselves in um, relationship problems because of their financial problems. But they have this deep connection with the people that they're around. And then you have the other side of the spectrum where they're so financially successful or maybe successful in their craft or what they do but or they their can't skill do anything set. else but that. But they, yeah, it's like almost like a bodybuilder prepping for a show, like that narcissism where you, you completely shut everyone else out. Whether you want to or not, you have to practice those things. And like if you're not in the if you're not in the right frame of mind to open up your heart to other people and and be there for people who need you. Like I I found myself in that and I wasn't even prepping for a show. I remember when I was so self-absorbed, I was like, no, you have to focus on you. And I was single. I wasn't even like dating with any girls. I wasn't going out. I wasn't on dating apps. I didn't give a shit about anything emotionally connected to me. All I cared about was my fitness and seeing how far I could take my body, how far I could take my nutrition. Of course. But devil's advocate with that devil's advocate is that if you want to be the best of the best everyone in the world who is top of their industry is self-centered like that not for themselves that's just fitness how it works but for whatever industry they're in yeah and some people that you know they have the right timing right so like maybe they they are that narcissistic self but they're super focused and dialed in and they they don't subject themselves to these emotional outlets and then what they do is they slowly move to their goal they kind of hit a goal or hit a certain point then they start opening up and then they make changes and then now they're able to uh, enjoy the fruit of their labor while also now incorporating emotions and love and all that shit into into that world and then yeah. now brightening up their horizons, right? So now they built the momentum. They can just keep fucking going and trucking. So the movie, I've, I've related so hard to the movie because I remember him saying the hug thing. That yeah. was true with me, dude. I'd never hugged anyone. In high school, I was super insecure. I had no girlfriends. I had like, one I learned girlfriend. How to hug too. Bro, I learned how to, I seriously had to learn how to hug. It's not like a bullshit. This isn't like just saying it or metaphorically like I had to learn how to hug. No, like when I went to go hug, it would be a one arm like side thing like, oh, oh should you we were get so awkward I that, didn't like, know how to do it. I the, didn't know how to turn the head do. sideways and you're like I was like if I grab you and I hold you, right? Like I feel like I'm embracing you and I feel like there's more to it. I feel like this is a big step for me. I couldn't hug. I couldn't do it. It took me until about like 18, 19 years old to like really be fluid with it. Well, you I know never what had though? girlfriends on that level. You know what I always thought of too? I always saw best friends like just be very touchy with each other. You know, like always arm guy over the girl, shoulder. No, friend? guy and guy. And guy. Oh. Like uh, groups of guys, right? Uh, just arm over the shoulder like bud and they like wrestle and fight and or like hand, like every time you see you handshake and you come in and like. Yeah. Or grab the head and like just make jokes and very touchy. And I was always like, they must be really close. Like that's dope. And with my friends, we never even like Nothing. did anything. And with me and you now, we what do we do? We, we fist pound. Yeah. We do a little fist pound. It's bump like the and closer you get, like the harder like, we it don't, is. For some reason, I don't know. I guess I'm like that too. Because mm-hmm. I always looked at those guys and I was like, oh, they're having like a blast. Like they're very close. They're like brothers. You know. I don't want to say it's fake. I want to say the frequency of seeing someone. I can't be that excited to see you. But some people are, and I don't and I'm know just how to. Not. Yeah, I'm, I'm right along. The, yeah. I, I didn't have to learn how to hug, but definitely I remember in like middle school, high school, I was 
always looking around in my group of friends like we never we didn't even have like a handshake where you clenched the fingers right it was just like a little touch it's crazy because now when i go hang out with like my five friends from high school that i talk about you um, hug them i just i dap and like wrap around hug and type type right yeah because i don't yeah. see them that much so now it's like yo what's going on like i see them I'm like holy shit who you you know versus like coming into the studio i'm like yeah i know i, I saw you yesterday like it's not that i don't care it's that like this isn't new to me we're doing something. Yeah. I know what at where our minds are. Like, let's go crush this. I'm not like, hey, Justin, it's been but so it's not long. Even, I think it's. I think it's also cultural because in in France, I'm gonna break up France. Fuck yeah, it's cultural. You, anytime it you see somebody, 23 minutes, you give them two kisses, <laughs> on yeah. the cheek, on the cheek, man to man, woman to woman. It's just it's the hello. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no handshake, right? Man it's, to man, like really? Oh yeah, yeah, but like every day, like oh, I see my. My friend at work. Every day when you say smooch, good morning. Smooch. And it's not it's not lips. No, of right? You don't put the lips on, it's the cheek. It's the sound. You put the cheek and you make the sound. Yeah. Uh in Switzerland, it's four. You literally go That's a waste one of time. Two, they got too much three, time in their heads. Four. <laughs> um in Italy it's the same thing. It's two. But it's just that's how you say hello every time. And that's very intimate. I mean, you get it so much face. Yeah. Bro, the wor- <laughs> when I was like eight, eight eight's kind of the age where you're like a little insecure, you know. But you, you you still have memories of what's going on and you kind of don't want to say hi to people, right? You're kind of in that shy era. When I would be in France and every time we'd go visit some old people, like just random old people, like my mom's like, this is my cousin's aunt's grandma. You know, like say hi. You'd go to kiss and your eyes would just lock onto like some wrinkly old mole <laughs> and you're just Yo. like and you just have to oh, go man. in and give it a kiss and they're like super wrinkly and they're like holding you like, oh, bonjour. Yeah. <laughs> just like not in my family dude but yeah, I would, that. oh my god when you're going in for the kiss part. you see it you see everything on old people's faces and old yeah. people love to just like hold your face and go oh you're so handsome yeah <laughs> and it's like and at, at that age that young age you're like oh my god you're like, yeah i'm handsome because your mom at that myself. age your mom would like force you to like say hi to them oh of course and you're like ah, yeah hi <laughs> like hi this is my cousin anita and it's be like who the fuck since when like i have no <laughs> idea who this is my mom has like four cousins anita and shout out to Anita from Outlet, but yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah no. I, but it is like a name that comes up in my family. I'm like, I don't know these fucking Anitas. Like, I got like five of them. I don't know where they came yeah, from. Yeah, but I have to be forced to have them. How do you feel but, by uh, the way? I feel phenomenal. Yeah, bro, you're making me kind of want to join that train. It's but like it's not cool. really. But kind I think of. you. Oh, well, all right. So let's just let's disclose. Yeah, what's going unravel on it. So I've been completely off any substance that has any mind altering effect at all for about four days now. So, and so caffeine. So that would be caffeine, kratom, uh, weed, weed kratom, and uh, and the tree of life. The tree of life. Yeah, the tree of life is kind of takes that long anyway. I don't even really do it yeah. that often. But but um. So my my usuals would be anything caffeine. So Neuros Coffee, our sponsor. Sorry guys, got to hold off on you for a little while. Um, anything pre workout, I usually would have some sort of caffeine supplement. Um, and then you know just anything uh, excess over there. Uh, anything containing caffeine, three, it's three been days? four days without, four days. yeah, it's been four days, three and a half without caffeine, four days, four nights without smoking weed, so four days total without what made any you THC want to or do that? CBD. What's up? What made you want to do that? Um, just because you didn't honestly, even tell me, you came in so like life yesterday has been, and was like, it's been three days. Yeah, so my life has been a giant change, like recently there's been a giant change, giant mix up, so it's like hard to get acclimated. Um, so I was like, you know what, in this giant mess, like let's just throw those things in there too. And just like kind of refresh so that my perspective on everything, the way that I approach my work, the way that I approach my life is just a little bit more hands on and I'm more conscious. Because when you smoke, a lot of the times, especially with me, I've been smoking weed every single night for about seven to eight years. Wow. Every single night. But you only did it at night. Nighttime, you're talking about like when you go go to bed, right? Like right before, it would be very little. Like if we're talking milligrams, like people eat edibles or like they'll smoke weed. It's like anywhere from five milligrams to like... 100, right, is your average dose. I was smoking maybe 0.5 milligrams a night. Oh, jeez. Nothing. Really? Like, I, I vape it out of a Volcano. Uh, cancer, yeah, yeah, cancer patient, like, the most healthy, you know, medical device. Yeah. And I barely smoke a little bit. Like, there's nothing. It's a sprinkle. Um, but I do get the psychoactive effects, and it's very calming to the body, and I love it. You know, it makes movies better. makes TV better. Just conversations with Jen. Like, we hang It's awesome. I love nighttime. it. Nighttime. Nighttime stuff. Um, yeah. So, anyway, it's like... For me, it has such a a deep, deeply rooted, it's so deeply rooted in my routine that it's, I'm not addicted. It's that it's just so habitual 
that breaking the habit is is such a shock. It almost to turns me. into an addiction, though. If it, like it almost, habits yeah. are addictions. exactly. You're like, oh well, where's my nightly little puff? You know, like where is that? It's just it's not here anymore. So you need to now just relax on your own, meditate yourself to sleep, and that's it. It's funny because you said the first night you didn't smoke, right? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jen smoked, and you were like, "What the fuck is happening? Like, what is this? Yeah, I'm not smoking, rules. and she is because <laughs> yeah. she. She looks forward to it whenever we hang out. But she you know, never like used to smoke, though. No, and she used to and not hated it, but like when she found out I did, she's like, oh, that's cool. Like she wasn't really a big fan of it. Yeah. But then we made it a thing. Like we made it just kind of like it's harmless and she knows it is. Um, but regardless, we uh, – yeah, so first night she did and then I didn't. But one of the most profound things – and I've heard this before and it's happened to me in the past. But now I've had four nights in a row to kind of feel this. The dreams that I'm having, man, are so vivid oh, and when you, so you, real. Yeah. When you come that, off of, of weed, right? Bro, oh my God. Like when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, holy shit, I did so much last night. <laughs> I did so much. I was so in my productive. Dream. I had so many grinding all the time. So many different encounters. Like all the people I haven't spoke to in forever. I'm just like a flush of all these dreams. It's almost like dreams have been on backlog for so long. Like one night, I remember it so vividly. I would, you remember, did you ever play a, uh, the Amazon River game in elementary school where you fish. With. So like there's like you're fishing in the Amazon River. It's from uh, your perspective is on top of a boat. So you're looking down as if you had a drone on top of a boat looking down at the boat. I probably have. And to your remember. sides are fish silhouettes like shadows of the fish. Like you could see the size of the fish and you go to throw a. You throw like your your line down and try to catch it. Maybe. So I was in that scenario. With my family, but like the real life scenario, I don't know how my brain was able to do it. And I was with like all different family members and all different times, all different parts of my extended family. I would just met with one of them or two of them and we would be fishing. And like I'd go to this side of the boat, it'd be my uncle and my aunt. This other side it would be my cousins, my, my grandparents, whatever. It was very weird, but it was so vivid. That's so weird we that fishing. it suppresses all that. Dude, And I then it just know. comes out. Well, because what happens is it suppresses REM sleep. So REM sleep is the rapid eye movement where we have most of our dreams. It's the deepest stage four of our sleep Does cycle. Does it suppress that? It suppresses it, yeah. So that's not good, is it? It's – I don't know. I, I mean – I don't know because – That's not natural. Yeah, so Definitely. I don't – It beats the shit out of me to be honest. So – but the way that I felt, I mean I've always felt so good and I had no issue with it. There was never like, oh, there's a something I could quantify that I'm missing out on. Like I couldn't do it. Um, but I've heard that it actually lowers your testosterone when you smoke. We smoke weed. Like I heard that chronic oh, really? use of THC uh, decreases your testosterone. So I was like, you know what? It should just be. Good. Let's just try it. But the past couple of nights, man, the vivid dreams are really they're interesting because it's like, well, what am I learning about myself? Am I learning something here? Like, let's try to figure it out. Can't really get it. They were more just like recreational dreams. They didn't have. I wasn't like running away from tigers and like getting caught on yeah, stuff. Like, what does this mean? Because remember that one time when I, I was on the back of a giant star. centipede. Remember that whole yes. thing that I talked about on the Ooh, podcast. That's weird. Where that it was very symbolic. It was yeah. really really symbolic. So I was like, all right, whatever. That one means something. And I had that while I was getting high. So who knows? Yeah. But this one, I mean, I'm just so relaxed now. Like when I wake up in the morning, I'm waking up a lot clearer. And I have to admit this. I don't want to admit this because I'm on Team Pot. Like, I love it. But, like, I'm waking up really clear, like, immediately. I'm like, oh, I'm ready for the day. Like, let's get out of bed There's also now. a lot of other factors that have changed within the past yes. couple months. Yes, but too cut and dry. So now the the caffeine. Now let's talk about that. Because I think the caffeine was kind of its own – was, like, the balancing act between being tired from smoking the weed and waking up and being like, okay, how do we, like, really come out of this? Instead of having the fasted cardio like I did in the summer and the hotter times, now I'm just waking up in the cold, just kind of like running away from the cold. My basement is freezing, so like I get up and it's just very frigid. I get outside, it's freezing. I'm always like shivering, right? So there's always like an uncomfortable spot. By the time I get here, then I'm like, okay, I got to wake up now. So like caffeine or whatever, you know? So it's just the normal day-to-day. -day. But now I wake up and I'm like, my brain is just firing. I'm ready to go. I can have a conversation. I'm not groggy. There's, it's just very clear. So between that and not taking any caffeine pre-workout, my workouts now are very sustainable. Like I could sit and talk to somebody and have a break for a second and then get back to my workout and be just as effective. So maybe I'm not peaking at 100% capacity when I work out, but I'm at 90 all the time. Mm -hmm. So like what? which one's more important? Maybe. I don't know. But we'll I have to test that. I mean my strength is I'd going I'd like to up. test it too to see. Yeah, I mean but question, awesome. how was day one? Day one was – very hard to fall asleep. It's hard to fall asleep. 
What about your energy throughout the, first the day? Because you've been taking caffeine almost throughout every the day. Throughout the day, my first day was kind of a drag because I knew that I was pulling away. I was resisting. Were you thinking but about caffeine the whole time? It was like, I was like, oh, caffeine would be cool right now. Maybe Kratom. Want to do that? Like, I just, I figured like, let's get something. But that was the, pro- I wanted to rewrite that script. Like, oh, you need something now because you don't have energy. I want to just say, no, no, you don't. So that yeah. I could, o- I could use this as a reference and say, no, you don't need something. You just associate something with getting more energy. So let's let's run this and see how bad it actually is. And I can't just sit around and do nothing. So when I start doing shit, I forget that I'm not under the influence of any substance, caffeine, mm. kratom. How long are you planning? So I want to do it exa- a full week with the uh, with caffeine, 100%. Um, weed, I think I'm just gonna do. I'm gonna take a week for everything, right? So that's gonna be a week. Um, but that then it's just going to be whenever I see it fit. I'm not going to do it ritually because that's the most. Do you think mind- that's going to be hard for you? No, not at all. This is so no. easy. I, I'm happy now. I, I feel proud that I'm not doing it every night. Like I'm actually happy about it. So that momentum will carry me. It's not – I don't need it. I never needed it. I wanted it. It was just like why not watch this movie high? Like it's so much more fun. No, of course. I mean, and I'll admit course. that now. Like we watched Free well, Solo. I was like I'd love to rip my pen and watch this shit right it, now. It's but all, it's, it's, you could say the same thing. Why not work out with caffeine? Yeah. Exactly. You feel great. But that, no, I, I do have a reason why I would, a devil's advocate, because I do like working out with caffeine. I do like it. Um, but I do like the sustainability because when I drink caffeine before a workout, I feel like I have a sweet spot that I have to crank my workout in. Maybe you're just not drinking the right things though. Cause I've I, heard I when you mix shit, ashwagandha or cordyceps with caffeine, it's a very sustainable um, probably. journey. Yeah, probably. And just like with fats too, like how it probably slows the yeah. absorption. Maybe but there's different things. It's possible. How are you planning on coming back into it? Do you think you're going to have a neuroast every morning? Fuck yeah, or? definitely neuroast. Yeah, because it's like the most healthy, sustainable one. Yeah. Um, and but do you sure. think you can do it oh, every morning? So or do you, like, no. do you have a plan? No, no. My, my like, plan is to it's, now- You know why I'm asking? Because it's hard around here. It's very yeah. hard around here, especially here because- for a pimp. Bro, the bangs everywhere. There's you, bangs, bangs everywhere. everywhere. We just got four boxes of free energy drinks. Shout out to Steve Mazurka. Four boxes right there. We have neuroast. We have the grind. We have yeah. your pre you just brought in. You have Jack 3D you just brought in. We have caffeine pills. <laughs> that shit. <laughs> we is... have a kratom box right there. We have the tree of so, life. It's so like here's hard. My... It's hard not to sit around, be your own boss, have your own time, think to yourself, I have nothing to do today except for the things I want to do. So why not take a little a little kratom? So you here, know what? So it's gonna be you hard. See what you I'm... just said. That's the thing I'm trying to erase. You erase like, oh, I'm here. I might as well blank. Now, what is it? Which What's my substance of choice? I want to get rid of that. I want to premeditate the use of it and then use it. Yes. I rather but at do the same that time, we're not then... using substances that put us down. We're using substances that will help us in whatever we're doing. We'll be more creative. I don't creative. want to we'll believe be that. I don't want to believe that. So this, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. What I am saying is I don't want to have that belief that I am optimal when taking one of those substances. So therefore, I am inferior when I do not. Of course. That type of hypothesis is not healthy. But you can't disagree that you are not more optimal with Kratom. Temporarily. Kratom, Kratom is the one out of all of these that I'm like, I think I could take it. I think I could take it and it would never be habitual and it would help me the most and not be something that crashes me, uplifts me, nothing like too much, like out of equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Weed, I, after this whole weekend, weed is definitely On something that, that brings me down and I, I want to cut that out more. Um, when it comes to caffeine, it's something that is addictive. Yes. When it's associated, it then becomes physically addicting. Because then there's that tired feeling and it's like, why am I extra tired now? So then that's that's on the opposite side of the spectrum, right? Kratom is like a different thing. The tree of life is a different thing, right? Those two, I like those way more than I like the other two. Because they're way more friendly to us. They're, they have way less side effects. They're, they're easy to use without feeling like, oh, man, I want to do that again. Like, I, I don't. I don't really care. But I know I can do them and not associate heavily. So I think my new approach is going to be just those two. Like, and then the other one's going to be when needed, like at almost like drugs, like you're going to use like a pharmaceutical drug. Like, oh, I have a headache. I need to take a Tylenol. Someone says mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, I'm I'm kind of lethargic. I feel like shit tonight. Let's smoke a little weed and then go to bed so that it kind of calms me down. And you're like, going to use it as a tool or if like, like I'm really lit at like eight o'clock. I'm like, holy shit, I have all this energy. I don't want to like wind down. I'll smoke. You know, I want that. I want it to be a tool. Before it was, a, it was like 
taking a shower. It was just brushing frank. my teeth. It was, it was part just, of you. Yeah, it was the night. So I think I could totally, I love this. I'm very happy I did this because before it was a hypothesis. I was like, yeah, I could do it. I know I could do it. And if I do it, probably feel good, but whatever. Now it is. And I love it because tolerance is everything, right? Like if you don't know what to expect, then it's always great. For example, today I took Alpha Brain from Onnit and I used to find a lot of benefit from it. But that is it's a kind of a nootropic, right? It's just a nootropic. So it's, it's kind of like it, Kratom. No, it's L-tyrosine. No, Kratom is – we don't know what Kratom is to be honest. I mean let's be real. I mean you could, I don't you could classify it, it as a nootropic. No, it's an alkaloid. It's an al- like caffeine. It's an alkaloid, right? So what that does – But uh, it's not so as thin. So it's definitely – I would never say it, it's like – It's a mild stim. Hmm. The way I mean, the reason why it uplifts us to make us work harder or work more fluently, it's uplifting something. Something is getting elevated. Well, I don't if know you what put it, it in that term, you could say the same thing about Alpha Brain. But no, because if I was in a bad mood, Alpha Brain wouldn't help get me out of it. Same thing with Kratom. You sure? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Kratom's like a, hey, welcome to the good life. No, we always we always tell people to take Kratom and and why, when you do something fun, because it'll bring that natural fun. You know, kind of like doing the tree life. It's kind of on the same lines as the tree of life, then. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but like for me, like theobromine and caffeine, those are kind of in the same family. Of course, and since that is physically in the same species family, I I just feel like they act the same on the body. But I could be wrong. We really don't know, so it's kind of all speculation. I think you cheated by taking your alpha brain. <laughs> but alpha, I wanted to see what it felt like, and it really just kind of I don't know. I felt this steady the whole week, but right now I think I feel a little bit clearer. I feel like I could grab words quicker in my head. But, like, that's really it. I don't feel like, oh, my mood is elevated. I just feel, like, steadier. Mm-hmm. So if that's cheating, fuck it. I guess I cheated. But, like, Oof. my – because it's L-tyrosine, which is an amino acid. You get that in, like, steak, steak. turkey, you know? So, like, how much am I cheating? Eh, whatever. But uh, we can pick and choose our battles. Relative to what I've been doing, it's – I'm clean, and it yeah. feels really good. So That's cool. That's interesting. I love it. I man. might hop on the train. Give it a try, man. I might let the train fucking whiz by me. Just go wave <laughs> oh, at it. I don't like, have okay. a ticket. <laughs> but I didn't stamp my ticket. I can't come yeah. up. Nah, it's honestly the caffeine. I'd say the most profound is the weed, though. So you're not really yeah. missing out. The caffeine, I never, I was never big on it, though. You know me. Like 150 milligrams. Like, yeah, you buzzing. were cracked so out like, that. Dude, remember I had a... I had the Jack 3D that day. I I was a you, joke. You looked bro. like you were on Molly. I was like, bro, Jen was oh cracking God, the fuck up dude. at you. I, it was like base. It's like Adderall and a lot of caffeine at the same time. I it used to be like lot. that when I would take Grind, the pre workout Grind. Uh, it was like meth. Yeah, I wanted to like Straight high five meth. people. I was like, oh my God, we're all working out here. Look at this. What a coincidence! Like I was just so happy, so happy go lucky. I toned down my caffeine a lot. Do you know like milligrams? How many? I'm probably taking like 300 a day when Damn, it used to be sad. like <laughs> double. That's a bang. Actually, it's not that bad. Like a lot of people are drinking a bang just to get through the afternoon. Like and then five it's like, coffees. Yeah. Like, six man. coffees. Yeah. And no, I hear some people's stories around here. I'm like, Jesus, man, you guys are like. Oh, especially heavy. Mike and Elisa. Oh, yeah. No, they are. drink nonstop caffeine. Crushing it. <laughs> it's just yeah. kind of it. But that's like that. So. Caffeine to them was like what we not, not even, even. Not, no, but like the way that weed affected me is the way caffeine affected them. Like if they didn't have caffeine, they'd be like, oh, the thing that I associate with hard work is now gone. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to do with me? And it's like winding down. I've associated weed with winding down. So if you're listening and you have a uh, pretty bad caffeine addiction, right, mm-hmm. which a lot of you do, I would not we suggest. Yeah, I know. You, statistically, a lot of you do. You do. Uh, I would not suggest going cold turkey like Frank did because Frank was not addicted oh, yeah. to caffeine. Um, I have a couple clients who are. And, for example, to show you how slow we're weaning them off, at nighttime one of my clients has two mm. cups of coffee. So they have uh, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, another one in the afternoon, and then two at night before bed. So all I told all I told them to do was take out one cup at night and only have one cup instead of two. And that's it. Yeah, I just want you to ride with that for a couple weeks. Yeah, and then go down a little more. I agree. Because the cold turkey cut is going. You're gonna fucking Uh, even cold sweats and even decaf. Just as a a training mechanism to not get the caffeine, and you're getting black tea extract from it. You know, you're getting that not black uh, black coffee extract. But the issue with 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 this client specifically was that they've been having so much coffee for 30 years straight that the acidity of the coffee 
decaf or regular has messed up their gut microbiome. Yeah. Well, I so mean, that's in that case, animal. it's, you know. But for caffeine addict, if someone's like, I need the energy, it's like, all right, well, then get the aromatherapy from the, the coffee. Like, you smell it, you taste <laughs> just it. Just sit like, there oh. and sniff your coffee. Right. That's what Frank's telling It'll you to do. be a little better. It'll be a little better than just like, you know, not drinking it at all. Because then you're like, what am I doing? I'm doing something different. But if you're drinking decaf, you'd be like, all right, it's coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, or tell the person you buy your coffee from, mix it up for me. Let me know. Well, that's a trick you could do too. Coffee. Um, if you're drinking two cups a night, drink one, switch it to one cup caffeinated, one cup decaf, and mix it. So you're still drinking two cups, so mm-hmm. you still feel good, like mentally, yeah. but it's only half exactly. the caffeine. That would then. be probably the best. Like if you had like one giant pot. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, all right, I'm gonna do half and half, and then have the same amount of cups, and then one day do one third caffeine, and then. Start cutting it out completely. What was your uh, What was your topic that you wanted to hit for this this podcast? My topic? Yeah, you brought it up a couple days ago. You forgot? You want me? To yeah, take no, the lead? no, no. The tra- no, I didn't okay. know if you. <laughs> I'm like, damn, no, we're you good. forgot already. Like, no, that was I'll a nice transition. That was a nice transition. But uh, so this new career path that we've been taking, um, learning a lot about myself, learning a lot about people, um, the psychology behind people, their motivations, and kind of what affects them the most. And I'm noticing that like. A lot of personal training, which is what I'm doing basically, uh, basically because there's such a it's an big easy title. Half. It's just an easy title to put. There's it. a giant half that's missing here, or three quarters that's missing, and it's really just being a, I don't want to say personal trainer, but like a life, not a coach. I want to because a, a coach would be like, you go do this. I, it just sounds pretentious, and I don't mean this, but for lack of better terms, I'm a life coach, right? And I'm I'm not telling people what to do, but what I am doing is asking the right questions and allowing people to talk for themselves. Because because usually what a trainer does, which we see a lot, mm. is that a trainer will just take you for that hour they have you, run you through exercises, and that's it, and just let you go. But Frank and I, we know that that's not what's going to get the best results. It's everything they do outside, right? Yeah. So. That's why you're kind of iffy to say, you know, we're personal trainers because that just sounds like it's actually demeaning. Yeah, we we just take you, bring you in the gym, work you out, and that's it. Yeah. And then you don't want to say life coach because it's not that we are down their backs twenty four seven telling them what to do and what to do with their finances and all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. But we're somewhere in the middle. And I think that is the personal trainer if you guys are out there looking for someone that you want to get. Someone who's in the middle of training but also wants to help with the outside life of training without getting too personal. So or maybe if your relationship is good, you could get a little personal, but somewhere right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Right? So so I was considering it, uh, I don't want to steal the slogan, but they kind of stole an awesome slogan and I want to use it. What is it? Human optimizers. Okay. Just we're human optimizers. Whatever contributes to being a better human, strip us of all of society, strip us of all that shit and just look at the human being for what they are. I think that's where I could say I'm relatively an expert where I feel like I could help you. If you are a human being, I could at least at the least point you to the right people to help address your issue. That is, that is when all else fails and I can't help you. I guarantee I know exactly who to bring you to, to then help you. So yep. that's where I feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable saying I'm a life coach because finances, I'm not the guy. You know, when it comes to career development, I'm not the guy. You know, but when it comes to you helping yourself feel better as an individual, as a person, as a human, I can help you with that. That yeah. I guarantee. So, for example, yesterday I actually had a uh, a first time uh, client come in, right? And instead of just, I could have just easily told her, yes, I can train you. I can. We can work out. You can look better, feel better. The weights are here. I can train you. Mm-hmm. I sat with her for an hour and I got to know her. I got to know her job, her fiance's job, what they do, uh, how much sleep she does, what she does for activity, what food she eats, how she likes to cook, uh, where she grew up, like all these things that help me paint a picture of, okay, I have this girl now. What's the first little step we can do? Not working out, like not not what is the best Thing we could do for her biceps yeah right she you got know? knee injury like, how do i don't give a this? fuck about the biceps there yeah. are other things so like one of the going back to the client i have with the coffee i train her i write programs for her but my main my main issue with her is drinking that much coffee so i'm kind of like coaching her about that 
so it's not about the weights. It's not all about the weights because I know that the most beneficial thing for her would be leaning off the six, seven, eight cups of coffee a day. Mm-hmm. Not the training. The yeah. training is going to supplement her life, sure. But the biggest rock right now is that. So getting to know people more in depth and not just, oh, I got a client every half hour today, you know, come in, work out, come in, work out. That type of personal training is just so irrelevant, honestly. And it's, and it's old. It's, it's, it's so, so old. played out. Like, let me measure you. Oh, you lost one inch this week. Okay. Oh, you lost one pound this week. Good job. You did great. And then that's it. Then out the door and onto your life. It's like, and not to, what are you not gaining to even, from yeah, that? And not to even downplay that because that would be awesome and very important because that would be a marker for their success. And I know where you're getting at. Um, but the the approach to their life that is not just through physical exercise and through maybe just a nutrition plan but getting to down to the relationships with their habits getting down to the relationships exactly with the is. people around them who is influencing them to feel worse how did they grow up the things that you just described before but sitting down and addressing those things right a lot of people want that hour where they want they are expecting this is now our problem too as yes. trainers they're coming into a gym so they want a trainer and then and it's hard to explain cuz I had my first time client yesterday come in and I was like look I want to sit with you for a while and talk to you about you. They're like you're not going to kick my ass in the gym? Yeah, so he he did CrossFit and he was like, "Oh, no, I'm I love CrossFit. It's fun. I enjoy it and like I want to do exercises that kind of help supplement it and I'm still going to go there." And I was like, "Yeah, let, we could talk about that, but I do want to help you since you do want to lose weight. I do want to help you." Like as a person, I want to make sure that you're okay outside of this gym so that things can go your way. Now you're paying me per hour per session, but it's not just that there's more to this. And I don't want to sell. I don't know how to even do my pricing with that because I have to price it per session, but that's kind of the mask for what I'm actually going to be doing. Right. So like, yeah, you're paying per session, but as I have you, we have this common thread so I can actually talk to you and text you notes and send you things and, you know, update you and send you texts, motivating texts, sometimes maybe questions, or you could send me questions. We have constant uh, communication. It's not just going to be come to the gym, work out, and that's it. Like, I want you as a person to feel happy day to day so you don't fall into slumps to where you don't believe in the workouts anymore and you think the workouts are the problem or we're not doing the right things. No, that will always be a possible variable in someone's training if that's all they're getting, right? So if they're like, I'm not losing weight, it must be my trainer. Instead, I'm gonna make sure that you never have that opportunity to even say I'm not losing weight. I want you to know that we talked about an element of your life that you keep repeating and you now know that you're repeating that element. So now it's not me at fault, but it is at you at fault and that creates accountability and there's a record of that. And then now as we create that record, you're gonna notice that your clients and my clients, they're all gonna know Oh, Frank. Oh, Justin, I understand why I fucked up. I know what I did wrong. And then that's all it is because then they may not make progress with us, but at least they'll know why. And once they know why, then there's really nothing else to figure out from there. So whether we help them all the time, whether we're trainers all the time for them and they're constantly paying, but they're not making progress or they stop coming to us because they realize I'm just not going to be able to do it. At least they know. And that's all I could. I want to be able to do in someone's life is help f- identify the problem. I w- I'm here to help, but if you're not willing to help yourself, then we really can't do this anyway. And you know what I found out about myself last night too, uh, while talking to this uh, first time client, I was just we were running through a little bit of mobility work, right? Just to show her the gym and explain to her how I would take the first month very slow, work on ranges of motion first before putting any weight on you. And all I had to do was show her a simple shoulder retraction with the band. And I went into this huge, like, educational story about why people have forward shoulder and why they're, how, what is affecting. I was going on and on. And, and then I, like, stopped myself and I look at her and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm just, like, throwing out all this information. And she starts cracking up laughing. I'm just like, I'm sorry. I just want to educate. Like, I don't just want to say, hey, this is a shoulder retraction. You do this and it's, everything's better. You know, I want you to know why you're doing this. She's like, no, no, I appreciate it. Like, this is really cool. It's so funny, And I just felt, I caught myself in this fucking, like, five-minute story about forward shoulder syndrome just to show her shoulder attractions. You know, like, family rags on me. With what? With that. Dude, I'll go for Like, specifically? Yeah. So, they're like, Frank, I have, like, pain in my shoulder. And it's like, boom. And I just send all this information. That's, like, the quality of what a trainer slash coach should be, I feel. You know, I want to teach people. I don't just want to show you. It goes down to what we were saying about the meals last time. I could tell you what to eat when you say, hey, Justin, what should I have for breakfast? You know, 
Like I could tell you what to eat, but if I'm not teaching you about food, if I'm not teaching you how to, how to cook, like, what does it mean? I'm not there for you all at all times. Like you're going to have to learn eventually. Yeah, like you're always going to be able to cook this recipe every single morning for the rest of your life. That's and it. is that going to take you past your, your fitness goals? Like it's not going to happen. No. You know, so it's, it's a very difficult thing to express to people or to advertise to people and say, hey, look, this is what I could provide to you. Because until we actually sit down and talk, you'll never know the value of what we're delivering here. Exactly. And, and also, when when the majority of people think of a trainer, they want to come in, they want to get their ass kicked in the gym, they want to feel sore, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to sweat like crazy. And then they go home to their family and be like, I had a good workout today, but that's it. You know, I could do that, but I'm not gonna, because that's not, that's not beneficial for you in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. I I wish people understood that. And I, you know, our little conundrum, the little issue that we're dealing with right now is like, how the hell do we get that message out there to people without them having to come in here and maybe just by chance see us and have a conversation with us? That's not enough reach. You know, I want to be able to get out to the people and talk to them and say, hey, look, listen, you have a lot more you have a lot more issues than you think. And it's OK. But mm-hmm. let's get down to them and let's find the specific antidote to your issue here. You know, and it's it's going to take a while, but we're slowly grinding, slowly getting there. What are some th- things you see from trainers like the, your worst pet peeves oh, that man. trainers do? I mean, I don't, I don't want to say where I see it, but I definitely see it. I've seen no, it. No, what, what's like know? some stuff you see? Whether it First be off, your cell phone. Your or... cell phone, get it the fuck out. As your a trainer? Your cell phone, get it out of here. I've actually realized every time There's you train, your cell phone's in the office. I don't need it. Yeah. Fuck off. Even if it's like an emergency, this person has paid for my time and they get me for this hour. And if not, even more than an hour, because I have the same goal that they do. And if you don't, then you're never going to be an effective trainer. I need to be an effective communicator. And if my mind goes off into my personal life and then comes back, I have to get reacquainted. It's like texting at night while you're driving. Like the light is so bright. You go look at the street. It takes a second or two to get readjusted to the street. That's fucking dangerous. That's not okay. And if you're doing that with your client, you're training, you're just waiting out the hour and you're waiting for your paycheck. And that's it. I see it sometimes. It's It's fucking rude, man. It's gross. When someone's working out and you're supposed to be training them and you're in your phone, I see it. It's it, just, it bugs it's me so out. It's so obvious. It's like you're the one person, the trainer, you're the one person that this person's going to pay attention to. Do you not know that they're going to look at you and see that? First off, first off, even if you're trying to get away with it, you're not going to. Second off, what are you getting out of this? Like where like is just your head? Like texting someone? Yeah, like you really, you took the oath. It's almost like, you know, it's like being a police officer breaking <laughs> the, the law. fitness it's, Bible oath. This is a fucking oath, man. Like this is someone's <laughs> health. They're like putting their, their trust in you and you're just like, you know what? Uh, Instagram. Or uh, Bobby texted me. You know what Bobby said? Like, fuck you. Well, okay. Yeah. You know what I hate the most? (laughs) I hate trainers that will just have your average client and they're like, come on, one more. That damn was loud, bro. Get it. Like three, (laughs) two more. And the fucking enthusiast and the guy's just doing bicep curls. And you're just like, bro, what are you screaming at? Like, can you just talk? We call that personal training theater. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting what you paid for. Dude, it's that I I look I turn my head every time and I just look at it. I'm just like, why? What are you doing? Everyone everyone knows you're training. Okay, we got it. Yeah. Like you can just be quiet. You can talk to them. You could give them cues. You know, while you're lifting. Okay, retract your shoulders a little more. Good. Perfect. Good. Right. You got three more. Go ahead. Like that's how I speak to them. I'm like, good, good form. I want you to squeeze your your abs a little more right here. Good. Because really, what is that doing? Right. So like, I mean, at least our style of training, it's more. Uh, conscious, right? We're very, uh, it's a, it's a very uh, mentally involved pursuit. Yes. It's not just going like, through the motions. Yeah. We're not like saying. rep 15. You got to get it. Milk it. It's like, no, no, no. no. I want to keep you in the right form. Otherwise, once you break form and now you're throwing sweat and gritting your teeth and, you know, you start cocking out of form and you're just getting the motion down. Like just, I pulled the bar to my chest. Got it. Like, that's not what we wanted, man. We didn't want that. But those trainers are looking for those cues, that theater where it's like, I'm, I hit 15. I hit 15. No, your body didn't hit 15. Your body hit six. And then the remaining, you know, nine were just momentum and kind of offset with your joints. And now you're going to have this compounding effect over time. If you keep training like that, you're going to have your injuries. You know why they do that, though? Trainers, the theater thing, because 
your first time client when they come in and it's a theatrical and the workouts kick ass and everything's fucking like sweating you come back as a, as a client because you're like that was really great and with us it's very slow in the beginning it's very little changes habits even something small so you don't get that quick uh like retention retention but or, i th but the thing I, is in I the disagree. long run i think we both had really high success so far because when we sit down and talk with them they go holy shit that person knows me better than i know myself you're right with with that but what i'm what i'm trying to say is for us when we have clients it is a long journey of course you're not yes. going to get that immediate grat gratification right off our first session mm -hmm. you're going to get like gratification as a sense like okay this these kids know what they're talking about this is going to be a really cool experience i understand that's going to take a while but not everyone wants that you know it's just like uh, like pills right someone what's the pill how do i get skinny how, how do i get skinny how do i get better like pill quick everything so with that type of training with the screaming the, th the theater the sweating it's, it's quick and it's just like boom i worked out today i killed it yeah but that's not i don't agree with that yeah. type of training i don't either but i think if you read the client enough like if their energy is up there then maybe you can do that in a, a certain way right if you prescribe it in the right way like so say they are squatting and they are doing it in good form and they're struggling on that last rep but they're keeping their form and you get loud you crescendo with your voice like that's fine you you could do that and that's that's great and i think if you know their personality and they're not an insecure like i've had clients who are super hyper insecure where like they don't want to be seen working out if you're so screaming I'm at not, them they're I, just like they're like just don't make people look at me like that type of vibe and you have to read that, right? So then maybe the drill sergeant guy is not good in that situation. Um, but then there are people who are like, I want my ass kicked, but I do get what we're doing here. I get the whole holistic approach and, you know, we're going to cover all aspects of my life. But when I'm here, I need hype. I need to, like, get in the zone. And maybe that would work for them. I haven't had that person yet, but I know. I mean, I've had it in the past, but now with my approach, I haven't had that yet. But I will find it. And I think my client from last night, I might have that because he was into CrossFit. So there's like a lot of the slamming the weights, loud noises, kind of high, high pitched uh, screams in the background. Like that's just when you go to a box gym across Frank screaming across the yeah. gym. <laughs> One more. Yeah, exactly. But well, he might like it. Give know? it everything you got. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Remember that? Milk it. What? What's milk it? No, nah, I, I said that for me. Do you know Do you know what I'm talking about? Give it everything you got? No, I don't. Uh, fuck. What movie is that? I don't know. Dude. I didn't watch it. Really? Did I? Beats my meat, but uh, you know this, <laughs> nah, man. I don't know. Whip it up on the goobs, bro. Um, but yeah, man. It's regardless what being an effective trainer. It's a very difficult. It's a very difficult thing to find your groove if you're new to it. Did you ever see the movie I and, Love You, Man? No, I haven't. Really? No. Nah. Oh, what is this shit? Wait, wait. Where's the volume coming from? The TV? I don't know. This is weird. For everyone uh, this listening. This is our first time doing this shit. I apologize. Dun, dun, dun. Don't even fuck with that. I tried. <laughs> All right. Anyway, this is. Uh, Shh, it... Take your headphones off. Hold on, guys. Hold on. That was it. Oh, it was so worth it. That was an I barely iconic, heard any of that uh, shit. fitness industry clip, and it's a it's a running joke in the fitness industry to give it everything you got. <laughs> well, you should to a certain extent. Yeah, but yeah, no, that got a lot of those no pain no gain type of trainers, and that's just not that's not how we roll out here. And a lot of people don't want that. I think people think that they want that, or you get those cortisol junkies who are just like, I really love stress, and they're type A, they're super like, you know they're get shit done type of people and they think if i'm not hurting or if i'm not sore the next day then this isn't good if i'm not bleeding out of my ears when i'm done with this workout then what kind of workout was it and they don't understand the science and that's i think where we have to be the bridge or the liaison into the fitness world and you know speak their language and then descend them into our world you know because it's not our world it's not like my own personal thing it's just there's a world where it actually works and it's sustainable and then there's the Give me the two months of your commitment, and then after that, go fuck off. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want that. I don't. I I want your experience with me to be the last experience you have with the trainer. That's if the, the if that can that be, be, then I like right? that. I serve my purpose as a human being. You know. Otherwise, yeah. then f fuck, man. What do I? What have I been doing? But it's like I know? talked about a couple episodes ago that 
I think we are on a revolution of the fitness industry where things are changing from yeah perspective is changing a lot yeah just gut health alone i heard on the news the other day on on a commercial they're talking about gut for health? the new no it wasn't on the news my my family was watching the news but on the commercial it was like uh for it was a quaker oats commercial saying that it was health so it was ironic that we talked about mm-hmm. quaker oats with uh the pesticides with, yeah with the pesticides and uh the uh, come on, help me out here. Who? What? Glycid. No, the fucking. Uh, my God, man, I should know what this is. But anyway, they were talking about the. Oh, the name of the pesticide. Yeah, my God, man, I glyce. Wow, I am pissed because I I know this. Yeah, button, I, I posted about it too. It's okay. Oh uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, you but uh, the caffeine. commercial. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, so much for the word recall from the the uh, alpha brain. Yeah, right. Like, but uh, <laughs> I'm pulling words from my brain so fast. Yeah, right now. now I'm not. But uh, glycophate. Oh, yes, man. glycophate. No, it's not glycophate. You sure? It's not. It's not glyce. Um, oh my god, yeah, continue man. your story with yeah, the whatever. Okay, so on the commercial, it was for Quaker Oats, and they're like, "We want to help your microbiome with these. Uh, they're feeding the little guys in your stomach at glyphosate. That's it. I read it. I read it. But <laughs> yeah. like when it hit, um, <laughs> but they're like, "We want to feed the little guys in your stomach, your little, your gut microbiome, your second brain." We want to they keep said up with that. The yeah, your oh, second brain. So I was funny. like, "Oh, you guys, you fucking, fucking Quaker Oats pieces of shit. You guys have." Oh, no, they're pulling no, the no, strings, no. dude. Wherever the money is, wherever people's <laughs> motives go, they're like, "Well, we got a little bit of that." And immediately, my mom goes, "Oh," like it perked up her ears, and I was like, "No, no, no, no," because she, like, no, she, no, she listened to the, the remote out of the fucking hand. <laughs> she, she listened to the podcast. She's like, "Isn't that what uh, you were talking about, the Quaker Oats?" And I was like, "Exactly. This is it right here. We just saw it. We just witnessed it." And like this is big food manipulating little people, like us, yep. the little people, right? And that's so funny. just knowing that that happens, we have to be ahead of the curve. And what is our reputation? Like we need to make sure that at the social media influencer, so to speak, or the you know the people who like the Joe Rogans and or anybody, whoever, need to be more reputable than big food and big TV or whatever the hell we want to call them. Because There's as people listen to that, I know that's why. There's it's a like, shift. The news media keeps losing viewers, and social mm-hmm. media people keep gaining viewers. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, as long as the social media, because it's kind of like capitalism, but for information, right? So like yeah. the the better the information, it will surface to the top. You know, it will get more eyes, it will get more views. But to fit, you know, the old way and to try to push other political agendas, you know, they're going to keep using those big media outlets to help you know manipulate what's going on. Yeah. So. You know, well, think very with nice. that we're going to. Uh, yeah, we'll end it up right here. Gabash on this one. Thank you for listening. But thank you, we guys. love you guys. Hell yeah, you guys are the shit. Thanks for your support. And uh, Frank's gonna go guzzle some caffeine now. Not it was all a fucking lie. We got three more days, baby. Three more days. I'm not even gonna. I'm what not are you gonna, gonna do when you come back? On. No, I'm gonna. Put... You're gonna take two scoops of grind. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I, I can't even do one before, but I'm gonna go for like. Wait, can you wait for <laughs> like? The fir- the first day where you're allowed to take first your stims, podcast? Frank. Can you wait till you and I work out, like that day when we meet up? Podcast or workout? Uh, that's a good one. Podcast? You want you would take something during a podcast? I, I guess know, a neuro. I'll be flying, drink a neuro. Yeah, I'll yeah. We'll do it for the podcast. Yeah. The first right. podcast back when you stop your yeah. little caffeine thing. Hell yeah. Good. I like that. Done. All right, guys. Until next time. All right. We love you. Bye. I'm not fucking leaving.